0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley and with me is
1: Derek Specht. Hey, hello. Hey Derek, what's happening? Not too much. I uh I did finish my garden today. I just gotta Ooh. put up chicken wire, but otherwise it's ready to go. Overseed to the lawn, you know, it's a little bit of evening work, getting things going for the season. Why are you putting chicken wire around your garden? So that the rabbits don't eat my garden. Ah rabbits gotta eat too. <laughs> not my plants. <laughs> well, what you do is you just put a little swingy door, like a cat door,
0: so you can get in and then just can't get out. And uh-huh. then you have rabbits and garden. Rabbits, too. Ah, so those carrots that you're growing? <laughs> <laughs> yep, mix them with the rabbits. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Uh, you watched the Oscars the other day? Yes, I was disappointed. So, uh, so Siobhan does not see the future. It was uh, just a random dream, so I I made note that uh, Jim Baird did not win an Oscar at this year's running of the Oscars. Yeah. So I I was disappointed. I I thought he was going to win something.
0: Well, you know, uh, there's Oscars next year.
1: Yes, yes, maybe next year. Maybe she was looking a year out when she had her dream about Jim uh, winning the Oscar. Could be. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, I I did want to make note that... uh, so. I I remember if I went back and listened to the recording, we we'd probably hear me ask it. I just, I remember when we recorded last week. It's like, when's Earth Day? Yeah, because
0: we knew it was soon.
1: Yeah, and I was <laughs> thinking it might have been Saturday, <laughs> yeah. but it was actually the day that we published. We went yeah. when the podcast dropped. Uh, it Thursday, was April twenty second. Yeah, yeah, last Thursday. Yeah. So we recorded on Earth Day. Yeah. <laughs> well. We so yeah. Released yeah, on yeah. Earth Day. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so we, we kind of missed that. We should have made a big thing of it, but, uh, I, I made the point of going to, uh, an events calendar to see what, uh, other events that we're going to miss, but there's nothing else. So we just missed Earth Day.
0: There was a full moon yesterday or two days ago, three days ago, whatever, Monday,
1: um, yeah, yes, yes, Monday, because mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the concerns with, uh, we, I'm trying to figure out when to plant the garden, right? And usually on the full moon is when it gets, the temperature drops the most and you get frost. So uh, theoretically, within the next week or two, I should be able to plant the garden.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, a full moon is also when the werewolves come out and attack the rabbits that are attacking
1: your garden. So you should <laughs> have planted, buddy. You missed the shot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those, the rabbits become rabid rabbits. Rabid rabbits. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else is new? What ha- else is happening? Oh, you recall, I was uh, I came across this history uh, guy on YouTube and uh, it really got me... I did a bit of a, not quite a deep dive, maybe a shallow dive into uh, into like the uh, Dew Line, Mid-Canada Line, and the Pine Tree Line. Yeah. And uh, I've always... Pin, i always thought you know someday someday i'm gonna go and check out one of these sites and it's just one of those things like it's, it's so hard to find people to do like a, a bigger trip like that where you know it's like to, you have to get up to your moose ni moose factory or find one of these locations right because i'd love to check out I'd, unfortunately well i say unfortunately but fortunately they all these sites have been cleaned up because they were re- rather toxic yes but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it just kind of, when I saw the video, it reminded me, it's like, I've always wanted a paddle to one of these locations. And there's, there's quite a few that, that, it would be interesting to make it your way, because not too many people would go there, like for Mid-Canada Line, and mm-hmm. Dew Line is a little too far north. Uh, it's unlikely that I'll ever make it that far. Well. But if I were to hit Mid-Canada Line, like uh, one of these uh, northern uh, early warning lines, the, these bases where, you know, they, back in the day, back in the 50s, they were trying to see when Russia was going to attack and stuff like that.
0: Well, I've lived on two of them. So CFS, yes. CFS Yorkton and CFS uh, Yeah. up on uh, James Bay there. Um, then there was North Bay. That was part of the NORAD system.
1: Yes, the big hole. Yep.
0: Yeah. And the SAGE system. Uh, yeah. Cold Lake. I can't remember what part that played, but I know when they, the fighter jets would leave North Bay to head north if uh, any of the radar stations on the dew line said, yeah, the Russians are coming uh, yeah. back in the day. Uh, <laughs> it was what, the CF-100 Canucks and the the Sabres. I can't remember what they were. Yeah. F, I want to say F-86 or something like that. Something like uh, that. Sabres, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were stationed in uh in uh, Cold Lake, Alberta. So And
1: they used to scramble jets all the time because the Russians were always poking and prodding at the northern lines of Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they'd always see these uh and the Russians and it's the Russians and Americans and the Canadians. It was it was like a bit of a game back in the day. It's mostly between Russia and and US is like they'd they you know fly a little too close to the edge and the Russians were Russia was trying to see how close they get before they got noticed, right? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, and back in the day, I mean, and the, the radar they had back then was
1: nothing compared to what they got it was, Yeah, It was very primitive back then, yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: But yeah, you know what, like if you could find a route, um, now we, we did a little discussion earlier about um, wording, uh, saying, you know, you like to do a historical paddle, uh, but it's not a historical paddle route that you'd want to do, it's a route of historical paddling. Yes. Is
1: that what we is that how yeah, it came you, out? Yeah, because a yeah, historical
0: so. a, a historical route would be a paddle route that's been used forever. But
1: like the voyagers or yeah. whatever, then that would be like a stoker route. But if you want to do, it, it, it kind of reminds me. Uh, friends of mine at work, they uh, they did a uh, sort of a European tour, but it was a movie tour, and so it was basically they they picked the, where they were going to go by all the movies they liked. So like in Bruges and, and, you know, they went to Dublin for the Guinness factory. So it was, they went to like eight or 10 different locations that were movie sets all through Europe. And it was like, oh, and I'm thinking, yeah, if I could do that by canoe.
0: And hit so a bunch of the old... Paddle north
1: sites. and, yeah, exactly. Like, like uh, you know, hit some of these prisoner war camps and some of these, you know, mid-Canada line early warning sites. A lot mm-hmm. of them are cleaned up. There's not a lot of sea anymore, but uh, it would still be neat to stand on the location to where they put so much effort and time into building these uh, early warning stations, right? Yeah, so even
0: I- Moose and the we used to call them the big golf balls, right? Oh big, yeah, uh, radar things. Yeah, um, the 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 ball parts are gone, but I believe the the stands, the original buildings that the uh, the big golf balls were on there, are yeah. still there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they did a they buried a lot of stuff and left a lot of stuff because it was cheaper just to leave it there than move it out. Um, but after a while, and they said it was starting to leach into the soils. They had to go and do. I think it's like five hundred and fifty million dollars worth of
1: yeah, a lot of remediation. Like back in the day, we we weren't as uh, savvy as we are now when it comes to environmental protection and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was like, uh, eh, it'll go away. Yeah, you know, like if like ships would just dump stuff at sea, and and back in the day, if you had a northern base, then you just like, ah, it'll go away. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's going to notice this, and then suddenly it's become you become aware of it because you're leaching like toxins and oil and and fuel into like northern native lands into their water supplies, and it's like oops, you know. And so we're a lot more a na- uh, lot more aware of of the damage that we're doing to the environment today. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't stop us from doing damage to the environment, but still we're a lot more aware of it.
0: Yeah, uh, the talking about the dew line. That's basically tr- like from Alaska straight along the top of um, it's north Canada of the Arctic proper, circle. I would yeah, say. it's like the northern
1: Northwestern Passage.
0: Yeah, it goes thing. through the Northwest Passage and then cut straight across through Baffin Island and yeah. then over to Greenland, right? So basically, mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to go up to Banks Island go up to, um, uh, what was it, Polowick? Tuktyaktuk and all that. You're going up there to hit the dew line. Yes, yeah. Do some paddling. So yeah, I don't know if you'd be doing much, because that's a lot of open water, right? You'd be doing kayaking up there. Yeah, up
1: there. W- that's why I was thinking that probably be easy best to do the Mid-Canada line to, you know, hit some of these locations in Northern Ontario and, and uh, Northern Quebec and so on, right?
0: Yeah. It'd be great to uh been posted to some of those sites if you were big into the canoe tripping back in the day.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of them were unmanned. But a few of them were manned. Mm-hmm. And usually, if there's like maintenance to do, or if they notice that a station went offline, they'd have to fly somebody in or they'd have to go up on Skidoo in the middle of winter to access these locations to fix them. So, yeah, but it would be neat. I, I don't think that they would ever send somebody in by canoe. Okay, I eh, need to go, go repair the, <laughs> uh, the radar. Seeing somebody in by canoe. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool H-M-C-S though, man. HMCS Canoe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mine used to be my original canoe was um hms chase adventure yeah or sorry hmc oh it's a big old freighter canoe oh yeah yeah his majesty's canoe
1: (laughs) i've been keeping an eye out lately like i I need a canoe for the family right because the one i have is is getting a 14 foot canoe is not good for four people but uh i've been kind of leaning towards thinking of uh getting an old uh grumman canoe
0: well apparently the rage right now is stealing canoes
1: yes yes so i think we've seen that lately too but i i was reading a post by complete paddler and they're saying within the community they're looking at 10 to 20 canoes are being stolen every week Mm -hmm.
0: well we've we've even reposted um this one fella had a has a he uh holy cow canoe company Yes. Two, two-tone with a glow-in-the-dark strip through the center of it. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, that's going to be pretty noticeable, so.
1: Yeah, that's a the very identifiable boat. Yeah. But, you know, it, I, 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 I would like to believe, and I'm, I I'm truly do believe that it's not paddlers that's doing it. It's opportunists that want to sell boats to paddlers.
0: I got to think that's what it is. Yeah,
1: so they're going to put them on Kijiji or something, right? Yeah. So if you lose a boat, keep an eye on a Kijiji because it's going to pop up somewhere
0: yeah, and if if you keep your your boats outside because you don't have a garage or don't have room in your garage, lock them, lock yes. them. Up. Hate yeah. to say to to do that, but uh, you know they're it's happening now. They're disappearing like like crazy because it's so hard to get them. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. What else is going on? Uh, I have been noticing. So this is for anybody who who likes to do early spring kayaking. It, it's. Obviously, it's not mostly for me i i want to get out but i don't have a dry suit yet and the water's still too cold but uh, for anybody who uh who does have dry suits or and wants to get out into like toronto harbor or i know here in mclaughlin bay which is uh just uh southeast of uh, the big gm office center uh there's uh in mclaughlin bay there's uh, going to be a uh actually i think it's uh Oh, I think it already happened. It happened on Tuesday. So anyways, if you look, though, there's all these uh, spring kayaking events. People are posting them on Facebook. Uh, so the Durham Kayak Club is – is they usually try and do something once a week and get people out. And Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, so if you guys – if somebody wants to get out and uh, – and get some early spring kayaking in now just keep in mind the water's still pretty darn cold so you don't want to go get too far out into open water but uh like mcglocken bay is a sheltered bay and it's got uh, it, it's very sheltered from what it stays pretty calm lots of birds and you can do a lot of bird watching and stuff there it's down by darling provincial park it's a nice safe location to spring paddle in so yeah if uh you know stay dry keep the uh keep the open side up and uh get some spring paddling in
0: yeah remember your suits dry till you go in the water <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's keeping the inside of suit dry is important yeah <laughs> I, I've been thinking more and more of. Uh, I keep seeing all the stuff that Alan does when he does Toronto Harbour and stuff like that. It's like, man, I gotta, I gotta get myself a dry suit and so I can start participating in some of these wintertime night paddles and so on. Right.
0: Well, and he's starting his. Uh, he get he does different events. He's starting them, I think, in June as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You got that you got that long to get a dry suit.
1: Yes, and unfortunately with with Lake Ontario because it's such a deep lake like it's not that big of a lake compared to some of the other lakes but it's very deep so that darn lake stays cold it, like mm-hmm. there's a lake inversion happens around july sometime and and the water temperature goes from like 10 degrees to like 22 degrees but uh for the most part it's it's most of the year like like 10 months of the year it's like 10 12 14 degrees celsius <laughs> that's not something i remember going down in my early days of whitewater kayaking, and I went down to do—I uh, wanted to try some rolls and stuff on the lake. It's like, hey, I'm going to go down on Lake Ontario and <laughs> practice my rolls. <laughs> I, I managed to do run roll, and, and it's like, nope, I'm out of here. Because <laughs> it feels like pins and needles on your skin. It's yeah. like, like when you when you're feeling when you're you know working hard and stuff like that, and then you get dunked in Lake Ontario at ten degrees Celsius. It, you have pins and needles. Your legs. It's like, oh no way! <laughs> I did one. That's enough for today. Thank yep. you. Yep. <laughs> uh, nope, not doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So
0: keep your eyes on the uh, Facebook uh, kayaking clubs and stuff like that. Announcing different Facebook pages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, different events. Yeah. Uh, just a quick little update. Dutch oven cooking. Oh, yes. Um, you you I just, got her out and cooked well, some, did you? I didn't get it out because I was, I was trying to, I wanted to get it on the uh, the fire thingy outside there. Um, it was a tad breezy this weekend in our neighborhood, and my neighbors are a bit picky about their houses burning down. So when <laughs> the wind's coming across and blowing sparks, and <laughs> I'm yelling, safety third, and they're yelling, safety first. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> I, uh, actually did it in the, the stove or in the oven. Um, oh, okay. and there's certain things I, I'm learning about, you know, like preheating your Dutch oven first and, and all that other stuff. And, uh, I did a banana, a chocolate chip banana bread the first day and oh man, I'm making another one of those. Let me tell you. It was, yeah. It was, yeah and it, it was e- so easy. And then, um, I did a, a bannock, uh, uh, current, I had currants that I put in, Okay. Um, bannock in, in it the next day and yeah, tickety boom, man, like really nice. easy peasy to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we were eating, and I, I was going to do a roast in it oh, if right. I could yeah. do outside, right? Well, and you know, after dark, nobody knows where the smoke's coming from. No, but it's the sparks with the wind, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that house on fire over there? No one can see that. Uh yeah, no, the the wind was coming through pretty good, so that's why it's like, yeah, you know what. Uh but I was looking at that and the, they are even saying like different type of roast you should use and you shouldn't use and it's it's not a simple just throw all the crap in a dutch oven and throw it on the fire sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um so I think we're next next weekend if it's nice we're going to try a nice chicken dinner sort of thing, winter, winter, chicken dinner in the Dutch oven in the backyard. So yeah. fingers crossed, it's a nice calm day and I might, if it's calm enough, I'm going to be making chicken dinner at eight in the morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we go. So yeah. So now, no, you know what? what it's, do you, I can't remember the word for it, but you know how you season cast iron? Yeah. Is it seasoning? What do you call it? Seasoning. Is it seasoning? Yeah. So did you, did does it come pre, did your. It did came your pre-seasoned. Came preseason. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then what? What I did because I was following some of the instructions uh, there is you you preheat it, right? And then you put some. I put vegetable oil in it, and then um, with a, a soft cloth, I, I put it all around on the inside. And mm-hmm. it, the more you do that as you cook, sort of thing, it becomes like um, nonstick. Yeah. And yeah, the banana bread and, and the bannock that I did, yeah, it just slid around, no problems. Yeah. Right. So yeah, no, it, it, I'll keep doing that and it's just getting through your head. They say, you know, don't use all the soaps and all that stuff. And
1: yeah, like, ah. you should, unless you've done something wrong to your dutch oven or your cast iron frying pan apparently you're supposed to just give her a wipe and use it next time right yeah because once you get up to temperature it's it's cleans this self-cleaning type thing well
0: they said like the hot water and just wipe it out and then pat dry mm-hmm. and you know make yeah. sure make sure it's all dry and if you're storing the lid and the um the the bottom together or even with others cast iron pans make sure you got like something between them to keep oh, the moisture okay. Yeah. away sort of thing. So right now I've got like paper towels between the lid and, and the pot itself. So definitely learning. That's for sure. Uh, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's pretty good. And like I say, Hey, call experimentation, but, it, uh, I get to eat, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm making nothing but <laughs> snacks. <laughs> what are you cooking in a Dutch oven? Desserts. <laughs> <laughs> that there. Well, and some a comment was made that on our Facebook page there that uh, there are people that have their their sweet and savory separate pots and and all oh, that. Oh yes, yeah. And if you're cooking so if there's fish,
1: a pan that's always for fish and yeah. a pan that's always for desserts. And yeah. So yeah.
0: apparently, right now I have a dessert pot. So <laughs> 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 I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Um another issue that's been happening lately is Ontario Parks has uh made a stance on the selling reservations. There's been a lot of anger over that cuz people <laughs> want to get in the backcountry trips and and get out there and do their their camping trips and all that sort of stuff and um trying to get a spot has been ridiculous and then it was brought forth that people were booking tons of spots and then reselling them at a higher price.
1: Yeah, Scalpers, and I've heard right? a lot of I've heard a lot of stories of uh, like there that they shows up on Kijiji and yeah. and something that might cost you 150 bucks is is selling for like, you know, 300 bucks type thing, right? So they mm-hmm. they they've, they've reserved these campsites and if with the full intent of reselling them and, and making a profit Yes. And and this is what Ontario Parks has uh said that they're gonna take a stance against.
0: Yeah, it says those who have booked a campsite at Provincial Park are not permitted to resale any resell any reservation for profit. So if you want to they're they're saying if you want to resell it to somebody, go ahead. Yep. But you you're only selling it for what you got it for. What you paid plus the transfer fee. Yeah. Um anybody that's trying or that is caught selling their reservation on social media or buy and sell websites. The reservation may be canceled and all applicable penalty fees will apply. Yeah. So not only will the person that's trying to buy it, not get it, but you will lose it and you will lose the penalty for, and, and depending on how many sites you booked and how far beforehand, like kind of sites and all that. Yeah. Yeah, And how close it is to the dates because you know, like, if I if I get one five months for now and then I cancel this week, I I don't lose anything. If I if I cancel in two months, I lose ten percent and so forth, so forth, so forth. Yeah, the
1: forth. closer you get to this actual date, it's up to fifty mm-hmm. uh, yeah, percent penalty fee. So you could be losing a good chunk of of yep. uh, mm-hmm.
0: cash, right? Yeah. Um, they do, they do note that, you know, there's concerns raised by our visitors very seriously and they're going to continue to monitor the feedback to ensure a fair and transparent reservation system is provided for everyone. Mm-hmm. They said their campsite bookings are up by more than 135%
1: this year. Yeah. I saw 157% uh, mm-hmm. today.
0: Yeah. It's going up and up and up. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And right now everything's closed until the the May twentieth, anyway, here in Ontario. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but many provincial parks conservation reserves are still open for safe outdoor activities like walking and hiking. Um, people are taking full advantage of this in some spots up by Calabogie. There's some trails that they're lined right up down the highway again. I and, know it's not saying well, and the people in Calabogie are saying, like, hey, guys, like, stay away from our small town. We can't handle mm-hmm. yeah. something like a, an outbreak, big outbreak, like the number of people that are coming up. So, um, Missoula, Montana. This is a funny one.
1: Oh, an Alberta yes.
0: man is waiting for his next court date in Montana after he was detained by American authorities for allegedly crossing the border in a kayak.
1: This was like just over a week ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a week ago. Uh, U.S. Department of Justice has, says in a release that a man from Edmonton faces a criminal complaint of illegal entry into the U.S. and possession of a firearm and ammunition while prohibited. <laughs> uh, <he> <laughs> 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 the evening of April 19th in a kayak on Lake Kukanusa, Uh, A reservoir shared by British Columbia and Montana. The RCMP saw him, called over. Thanks, Mounties.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They called US and says, hey, we got a guy tracking your direction. Uh, You might want to go check on him because he's uh, left from the Canadian side.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So the the next, yeah, the next day, uh, a border (laughs) officer saw a beached kayak and a campsite and a man about a kilometer and a half, or sorry, a half a kilometer south of the border. Says when the officer approached the man, picked the man. Uh, the man picked up the rifle, fled into the woods, and after an eight-kilometer chase, was arrested. Was he trying to get back into Canada? <laughs> was he run eight kilometers? Like I know. right? At some point, somebody just got to say, "Ah, screw it." <laughs> He's either going to say, "You know what? Just arrest me," or the cops going to go, "You know what? Whatever." <clears throat> <laughs> run, run! <laughs> Eight kilometers. Hey, that's Where incredible. Where are you going? Like, what did a Guy have to finally call? Okay, can somebody get a car here? Because dude's running <laughs> quite I the ways. Look, I gotta look
1: this lake up on yeah on Google Maps. I'll uh, well, do it. We,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we got a, we got a couple of good things to talk about. That's for sure. Uh, a really cool thing that you came across that I think could probably. Um, flow throughout all of North America and beyond, which would be really cool. So let's take a quick break and when we come back, we will talk about that. Be right back after this.
1: Hi, this is Derek Sparst. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners. So if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show.
0: This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, The friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. So Derek, you pointed out an article uh, about something that's happening down in Washington, D.C.
1: Ah, yes. That is... Where is that story? That's the um, Anacostia River. Yes, Anacostia green boats. So it, this is kind of neat. It's uh, it it kind of what it. And you, I, I saw the way you had described it there. It's like, uh, you know, if you get people to uh, take ownership of something, there's more responsibility. They, they, you know, instead of people, more tendency to throw garbage, there's more tendency to take your stuff out with you because you mm-hmm. have an ownership of the area. So yeah. what's neat is uh, if you're in Washington, D.C. area and you want to you wanna take a canoe out on the Anacostia River, it uh, so basically what the these uh, outfitters will do is, uh, or the t- I think the town's paying the for town, it or something. Yeah. Anyways, you can, uh, yeah. So every uh, you can do it on Saturdays. They'll give you a free boat, and uh, the the to. Basically what makes it free is uh, you go out and you collect garbage and uh, you return and, and help them sort the garbage and, and uh, so they'll give you like a picker tool and a garbage bag and, and the canoe and whatever you need to get with the canoe and you can paddle the Anacostia River and uh, the, the payment for the canoe is just uh, cleaning up trash removing the pollution from the, this trash strewn river. And so it's, uh, apparently it's a really nice river. It's a, it's a very picturesque. It's a nice area, but you know, they, uh, I think they, the, what does it say here? They took lessons from a similar program they have in Copenhagen, Denmark is, uh, yeah. Yeah, here's a boat, but, uh, the boat's free only if you come back with a bag of garbage. Otherwise it's they like, charge oh. you. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and hey, no the Anacostia has, uh, long been known as uh, quite the polluted river, um, yes. I know there's signs <clears throat> there along it that says the, uh, sewage treatment plan in heavy rains and storms and all that sometimes oh, overflows overflows into the river and Some stuff like Toronto. that. Uh, apparently it has a good blue catfish, uh, fishing there. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, but if you got all the trash, the oil, the garbage and. Yeah. And you I, are you really going to want to eat one of those fish? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every Saturday through August you can. You'll get a, you, bo- you book a canoe and then they give you a little receptacle for litter and a little picker, like you said, uh, you, you clean up, you bring it back and, and the aim isn't to just clean the river, but it's to get more people out boating, of course, which is, you know, yeah. uh, learning about the river and growing an affinity for it to look after it. Cause we mentioned in, uh, talked about it a couple episodes back, uh, about parks. They did a study saying that if people take ownership of the park. They take better care of it. They take more exactly. pride in it, and and the park just does better. And it's the same thing with the with the river. If you can get people to start taking pride and ownership of that river, then it's going to hopefully stay cleaner and not as much pollution and not as much garbage. And yep. you might get people to start stepping up and going, okay, you know what, we really need to do do something about this. And um, that's why I'm saying is like this is a sort of program that could be spread throughout like all of North America and beyond. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you know? a
1: township, all they have to do is, it's very basic. You you buy a, a fleet of boats, like say a dozen boats and a bunch of paddles and a bunch of life jackets and safety kits and, and say, here you go, here's your free canoe. And uh, you, all you got to do is come back with a bag of garbage from the river. Yeah. It's like, no problem. I can do that. They're hoping to eventually
0: get a lot more boats. Um, they're, they're basically saying it's... Like a library, but with boats instead of books.
1: Yeah, so you're signing out a canoe instead of a book from the local library.
0: Yeah, Uh, I know that. Like, there's a lot of places that could use a a program like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the fact that yeah, it's it's inspired by a similar program in Copenhagen. I guess you could say it could go beyond Copenhagen and come to places like North America. Yes, you know which which it is. So. Uh, hopefully it re- really works out. I'll see. We'll have to keep an eye out, see if there's any, uh, updates on, on what happens there.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty neat program though. Like it's, uh, it's pretty brilliant. And, and like what you're saying, it's like, uh, people take it, uh, they, they take a stake in it, they own it and, and they're, they themselves would be less apt to, to, uh, throw garbage out into the river mm-hmm. and they'll be watching other people doing it. It's like, Hey, I'm cleaning this river. Don't throw that beer can over, over the side type thing. Yeah. so well,
0: you know what? I mean, they, we already do that with highways. People adopt a highway, uh, adopt a trail, yep, yep. that sort of stuff, right? It's already out there. So why yeah. not adopt a river, to, a section, you know? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, Get your kids out there and have a fun day. And while you're going through the weeds, looking for bugs and bulrushes and water snakes or whatever you're looking for. And, you know, oh, there's some, gar- yeah, just pick out that garbage, throw it in the bag. And it's a, it's a good free day. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can spend a hundred bucks easy for all that to, uh, rent a canoe for the day. So, Hey, whatever, whatever gets people out there and yep. cleans up the place. Right. Great program. It I is. Like it. Uh, the whitewater awards 2021. I, I was guessed. not, I was not aware that these existed.
1: Yeah. I, I, I thought I heard about the before, but it just didn't seem fully familiar. Yeah. L- there's there's got to be other. It seemed familiar, but when they were when I read some of the uh, some of the categories, it's like oh wait a sec maybe I don't recognize this.
0: So the Whitewater Awards it's a platform that highlights and showcases the best of the world of whitewater kayaking from freestyle, big rapids, waterfalls, expeditions, and rivered stewardship. Uh, the awards are peer voted by the world's most elite whitewater kayakers to honor the cinematography, photography, and athleticism in the sport. Right. Uh, there is a, um, from a lot of them, when there's a male and female, um, winners. Right. So riders of the year, Grom of the, it took me a while to figure out what Grom of the year was. G R O M. Basically it's, uh, it looks like it's just the young up and coming. Oh yeah. Paddlers. Yeah.
1: Cause I know Grom is, it's a name of a motorcycle or something. Yeah, it's a just Honda. a very small, low powered motorcycle. Yeah.
0: The Honda Grom. Yeah. Um, Then there's Expedition of the Year, River Steward of the Year, Best Line Rapid, Best Line Waterfall, Downriver Freestyle, Best Trick, Honey Badger.
1: That one's funny.
0: Most gnarly feat of the year ranging from a world record or first descent to an epic feat of toughness or athleticism unthinkable
1: by the rest of the human
0: population. (laughs)
1: The only thing that would make me nervous about having an award like that is, is you're kind of enticing somebody to do something that's dangerous.
0: But if you're watching the videos of what these guys are doing. They're already doing that
1: crap. I mean, what what are you doing?
0: I, I, I mean, half these guys, the only thing they haven't done is kayak down a lava flow for crying out loud. (laughs) And that doesn't mean go and try that. Yes. Uh, Best of beatering. Who doesn't love a blooper reel? Seriously, even the the best have to pull their skirt sometimes. And you're you're not wrecking, you're not trying. And remember, (laughs) we're all between swims. (laughs) (laughs) GoPro photo of the year, photographer of the year, photo of the year, GoPro line of the year, long film of the year, and short film of the year. So if if you go to whitewaterawards.com, they have all these, these uh, listed, and you can click on any one, and there's a lot of these here. You'll see, the, if you click on them, you get the interviews with the winners. Um, there's a lot of photos. There's some videos. The the films, they give you the trailer, but there's a link to where you can actually go uh, see the full-length film. Um, yeah, the photos, and, and like I say, there's a lot of video, YouTube, Vimeo, stuff like that. It is pretty cool to, to see some of the stuff they're doing. Oh yeah yeah um yeah and some of the stuff that you're you're looking at are just wow yeah i'll I'll never be even if I was into that sort of thing I'm I'd break every bone of my body at my <laughs> age nowadays I'm yeah. thinking
1: I'm never gonna be that good yeah
0: <laughs> yeah but these guys are out there doing it and you get the young people coming up and doing it and um You know, River Steward of the Year, they're talking about a group that's protecting rivers and and stuff like that, right? So, yeah, go check out whitewaterawards.com for the uh, Whitewater Awards 2021. There's some really cool uh, things there to to take a peek at. Uh, I'm sure you'll spend a little bit of time looking it all over. Yeah. Something we don't talk about all that much, because
1: we don't really know a lot of people that do it. What's that? Rafting. rafting. I know. Eh? Like we, we do kind of mention it in passing, but we have rarely focused on rafting. Because, I mean, we know people that go rafting in the Ottawa Valley. They'll go,
0: you know, do the day thing, yeah. zip down. Yeah, that was fun. And, and home, home again, home again sort of thing. Uh, but, I mean, when you're getting down to um, the Grand Canyon and the Colorado River and and all that sort of stuff, it's a big deal down there. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was going through some sites like NRS has a choose your first raft sort of info couple of pages. And I'm looking at raft
1: or cataraft.
0: And I'm thinking, so well,
1: what's we the difference? We talked about a cataraft recently. Mm-hmm. They were trying to go for the record down the Yeah, through the through the Grand Canyon. Yeah, what's that yeah. river called?
0: I'm not telling you if you don't know.
1: (laughs) not the Columbia River. Colorado? um, Colorado River. There we go. (laughs) I'm getting old. I just
0: just said it like not even a minute ago. I'm old. Oh, geez, dude. (laughs) Yeah, but you
1: said a whole list of them.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) a raft... Is a is the roundish boat with inflatable tubes that wrap yeah. around the perimeter and have a floor those are what they use in the Ottawa River that sort of stuff and you know that's that's what we're used to the cataract and we've seen these in in different videos and stuff like yes. that um, in different films that that have played at the film fest is two inflatable tubes connected with a metal frame so basically it's yeah. it's like a it's pontoon like a, boat yeah like a catamaran well, no, not really a catamaran per se. It's a rafting yeah. catamaran. It's it's a dual hull that makes it a yeah, catamaran. Yeah, uh, well, I guess that'd be cataright right in the raft. Um, yes. So they have the pros and cons of of both. I like the look of the cataraft better.
1: It does, and it's it's more responsive. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of those things. that's like it's not kid friendly.
0: Well, Ready? it's not really lots of passenger friendly. So let's no, start with, no. with rafts, the pros. Sure. Has a floor. and makes it easier to load gear. Weight distribution isn't as critical as for good performance. You can paddle a raft with a crew where each has a single-bladed raft or canoe okay, paddle yep. as well as row it. Right? So you can either sit in the middle of the big ones or everybody can have a, a paddle. Yeah. Um... Passengers can sit on the perimeter tubes and inflated thwarts. Plus, the floor makes them more passenger-friendly. Rafts are more kid-friendly, and they can move about freely. Um, sorry, but if my kid's in there, he's he's paddling. Uh, <laughs> yes. More more surface area on the water gives greater weight-carrying capacity than a comparable length cataraft. Oh. So you can carry more gear in a 15-footer... Yep. Than than on a cataract.
1: Yeah, like on a cataract, they tend to have like a a box that's built into the framework. And so it's like a, you know, a giant Coleman cooler type thing. You throw everything in the box and and you you, you tie it shut so that if you do crash on the river, you're not going to lose all your stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, it kind of looks like you're starting to get head towards a houseboat type thing. Yeah.
0: The cons with just a regular raft. With gear tending to be piled higher and the upturned bow and stern tubes, they're more susceptible to wind resistance. So you're going slower, I guess. More surface area on the water can make them less maneuverable. Large bottom area can stop or stall a raft in a rapid that a cat would punch through. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. Where where they come over a big rapid, big wave, and the wave just hits the bottom and it just stops dead. Uh, and they, everybody usually ends up at that point swimming. Yes. <laughs> um, a raft will hang up on a shallowly, shallowly submerged rock that a cat can straddle. However, when a raft and cat of the same length are loaded with the same weight, the cat tubes will set deeper in the water.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: A raft is heavier and bulkier. Uh, to transport than tubes of a cataraft of comparable load and capacity. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a whitewater run like day trips, the raft is, I think, what you want to
1: go with. Yeah, it's safer if you drop something, it just goes inside the raft and so on, right? Yeah. Like you, you drop anything on a cataraft, it's like gone forever. Exactly.
0: Uh, so the cataract, cataract pros and cons Pros: Properly loaded, they tend to be more nimble and maneuverable than rafts. Makes sense. Properly and lightly loaded, a cat makes a fun playboat. Okay. Uh, maybe you can put a rumble seat in the back. <laughs> <laughs> for your buddies. Here, hold my beer, watch this. Yeah. Uh, they usually take longer frames than rafts of the same length, thus have more room for gear. Their open design makes them less susceptible to headwinds and instantly self-bailing in rapids. right? So as your regular raft is filling with water, these aren't. Uh, Easier to mount an outboard motor. Oh, never thought of that. Oh, there you go. An outboard motor. And the cat tubes and frame are generally cheaper than a raft and frame of comparable load capacity and quality. The cons... The extra room makes it easy to overload a cat.
1: Uh, yeah, it's right? going to be top heavy. You're going to, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Distribution of weight fore and aft is more critical to get maximum performance. So
1: that's yeah, just like, like a,
0: a canoe, right?
1: Properly loading a canoe, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not practical to use raft paddles to propel a framed cat.
1: You can have oars or something, right? Yeah,
0: well, these are the ones, like you say, they have the big oars. One person sitting in the middle Mm -hmm. with the oars and, you know, maneuvering that way and letting the the waves take them sort of thing. Um, Cats aren't as passenger friendly. It's harder to move around on one. Yeah,
1: you're walking on a net,
0: right? Yeah. You're walking on a mesh net. Unless you put a floor on the cat, if you drop something, it's gone. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Sorry, Phil. <laughs> there goes my GoPro.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's many at the bottom of the of the canyon.
1: <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> if it
0: dries up one year just for like a couple months, and there's yeah. no water where you can walk on the bottom, man, River it's gonna treasure. be a treasure trove of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh so they give this list of about so from that list. Those two pros, cons. and I'd like a cataract. Mm-hmm. I would go it with would the cataract. Fun. Yeah. Because then, you know, it's like a pickup truck. Everybody knows you got one. Everybody wants to go.
1: Yeah. I, I think what it is, is really, it's uh, one of the big differences between, I, I think, between uh, raft and cataract is uh, your skill level. Mm-hmm. You can you can make more mistakes and get away with a bit more in in a normal raft, you you know. It, but with a cataract, you're you're you have to do more steering. You can't be just floating sideways willy nilly and and stuff like that, right? So I think you have to have a little bit more uh, build up more skill level to properly use it uh, safely and efficiently and make it fun.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think I think the cataract would be my uh, my first choice. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh, about rafts, the larger the boat, the more people and gear it can carry. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree. I disagree with that. (laughs) The smaller the boat, the more nimble and maneuverable it will probably be. And the more exciting the ride in white water. True. True. However, if you overload that smaller boat, you may well find it's less nimble and maneuverable than a large boat with the same weight load. It becomes like a brick. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's just like you're floating a brick, right? And, uh, I mean, when you overload your canoe and -hmm. you're paddling it and you need to do some, uh, some sharp turns and that. Like it takes that much longer because you got all that extra weight in it. Right. And you figure you're, you're weighing these things down if you're on a trip with multi-day food and gear and you know, you're not lightweight packing really. Yeah. If you're planning to paddle on, on day trips, figure that a 12 to 13 foot raft is comfortable for a maximum of five to six people. A 14 to 15-footer will work well for up to 7 or 8. For R2ing, paddle with just two people, stick to a 12-foot or smaller raft.
1: Now, I wonder if the... uh so I know with, with rafts, they tend to have a lot of different air chambers, you know, it, depending on the design and whatever, like the floor is inflated, the, the, the uh, you have like four or five chambers along the sides, mm-hmm. but the cataract is that, uh, I, I don't know enough about them. I'm wondering if it's just all one air chamber. You, it's I would just think it would be broken platoon, up as well. Right? Yeah. because I, I think that would be make things a bit riskier if you uh, like with a normal raft you pop one chamber and you still have a whole bunch of the chambers to help keep you together but with a cataraft if you popped one of those chambers if do you lose the whole thing are you like slipping sideways into the river and sink well then and all
0: take? of a sudden you become one of those um, big old water weenies that they tow behind the bus down <laughs> the, or behind the boat down the Caribbean right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was fun up until. Uh, No, I got to think there's multiple chambers in there. I've never actually looked that deeply into uh, the raft construction. For multi-day trips, you take just about as much gear for overnight as you do for a week. The difference is primarily in the food, beverages, and water needed. Uh, If you're a minimalist willing to go more backpacker style, you don't need as much gear cooler, dry box space as the everything included the kitchen sink crowd. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's just like, I mean, with us as well, like some people take everything, including the kitchen sink.
1: Yes. You know, Yeah, I and, you're, to
0: and you're, you're watching them paddle across the lake and do four trips across the portage. And then you get the lightweight guys who are like single, single trip. Right. I think yeah. it's, it's all depends on where you're going, how long you're going for and, what you can live with and without, uh, for multiple monthly day trips of say up to seven days for two people, figure on at least 13 foot raft or a 13 to 14 foot cataract Uh for three or four people. You're looking at a 14 to 15 foot raft or a 16 to 18 foot cataract. That's a big difference. It is, uh yeah. if you're planning on taking on big water in the Grand Canyon, you'll probably want a 14 to 16 foot raft or a 16 to 18 foot
1: cataract. See, 16 to 18 feet sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's typical. I, I'm used to that for like canoe length and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, like a 16, 16 to 17 foot canoe. You got two of them side by side. You got a platform in between. Yeah. Bob uncle. Yeah. While the
0: tubes of the cataraft are lighter than the self-bailing raft of equal length, because there's more material in the raft, the frame yep. of the cataract will generally be heavier. There's necessarily more structure needed to solidly secure the cat tubes.
1: Yeah, because yeah, everything going
0: between is all inflatable on the regular raft,
1: right? Yeah, your whole watercraft is inflated, mm-hmm. whereas with a cataraft you've got uh, probably aluminum. You got some you know, different, you know, aluminum stays back and forth. You get some mesh netting. You get the the food and gear box up front type thing. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's diff- definitely different animal. Mm-hmm.
0: When you have a crew of people that paddle the boat, everyone gets to participate in the experience of making it happen. However, the members of the group have to be physically capable of executing the paddle
1: strokes. Mm-hmm. there you go so you can't just be a bunch of numpties in a raft where you just like it's my first day it's a family day and everybody gets a paddle and see if you can figure out how to use it whereas here it's like you know you're not going to have as many people on it you're gonna you know, everybody is responsible to be smart enough to know how to how to row and stuff like that it's uh a, it's a definitely a different animal i
0: disagree i <laughs> yeah. think it would be great to have a raft full of numpties Ripping down the Colorado River at breakneck speed. And I think they should install cameras along the way. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: And then take like off-track betting. How many people are going to be into the camera number seven? Oh, we've lost four people. Yeah, It's a boatload of numpties going down the river. (laughs) When you put a frame on a boat and row it, you have complete control of the craft. This allows you to take people in different physical abilities, of different physical abilities, or who just want to be passengers. The wider the boat, the more stable it will be in whitewater. A narrow boat can fit through tighter, rocky stretches. So you got to know your river for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. You know,
0: like, what stretches are going to be, what's the widest, or, you know, the... The narrowest spots that you're going to need to get through. Because otherwise, somebody's going down with a 40 foot across boat because <laughs> you're not floating. Um, the distance between the side tubes of a raft or cataract, dictated by the frame, determines the size of the cooler or dry box that will fit inside. Well, yeah. A wider raft doesn't necessarily have more interior room. If the boat has larger diameter tubes, that eats up space. So, so there's less to consider when you're looking at a raft, but I think from everything here, I think uh, I would go for a cataract.
1: It it sounds like it'd be fun. It's like a bit more sporty. Uh, you get a bit more control. It's you're gonna. It's gonna be a more of an exciting ride. You're sitting higher. You have seats. You're not just sitting on inflatable pontoons inside the inside a normal raft. And and so I yeah I think it would be uh, a bit more exciting. as you you're, you you know, a bit more participation in and skills with using the river and and picking your lines and so on.
0: Well, and you can with the cataract, you can also throw a small kayak on the back too i don't know that you would throw a canoe but you could throw like a little small kayak on the back like a little whitewater yeah. kayak yeah, to take you with you right
1: yeah so somebody could be play boating on the way down and and so you pick them up and it take turns play boating and and uh, yeah that could be fun that could be a lot of fun
0: well if they yeah i mean if they're if their comfort level is only a certain you know, class two or something like that, class, yeah. you know. And then when you get into these big massive ones which yeah, then they hop on the boat, strap everything in, yep. strap themselves into the dry box.
1: <laughs> yes. So yeah, basically you strap a strap strap a kayak to the side of one of the pontoons like you're on a like you're on a, a, a float plane mm-hmm. and uh you're in the middle on the mesh and on seats and you just bomb down the river. It's like hey you go once get out and do some playboating and yada yada yada. Yeah, that could be quite exciting. Eh? You're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna strap a kayak or whatever to uh to a regular raft.
0: No, no. But yeah, the cataract I think is has would from what I see and from videos and what I've been reading, I think the cataract would be more uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? All around type of, of, of boat. Yeah, maybe, yep, yep. Hmm. Absolutely. I think you need to go buy one.
1: <laughs> no, need to go and and, and do a, a like a run the Ottawa River and one or something, you know. Do go out for a day with like MKC or something, and do, I don't know if they have cataracts. I know they have rafts, so it's, yeah. so, it's uh, so they have the rafting company. What's that rafting company called?
0: Owl. There's yeah owl rafting. There, yeah.
1: So that's yeah MKC owns owns owl rafting, and so yeah. If I wonder if they have, uh, I'll have to look online. But if they have cataracts, it's like hey, let's go take you out. So. You know, get a couple people on board and they have a guide with you, and somebody who knows how to steer the thing. And could See, that would bust. be a
0: course, I'd be I'd be interested in taking.
1: Mm-hmm. Is yeah.
0: is uh, a cataract course?
1: Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Look into get that. Most, let me know.
0: Most bang for your buck. Yeah. Let me know.
1: Hmm. Uh, what I think that's all I've got this week. Yeah, we're, I think we, yeah. we we filled our hour, that's for sure. We got a lot done, <laughs> a lot talked about.
0: Yeah, uh, Definitely go to the whitewaterawards.com site and check out uh, all the photos. And you're going to look at some of that stuff and go, yeah, no. know. Um, there's some good, <laughs> some good photos and stuff like that. Um, what else? Yeah, again, Jim Baird, sorry about not winning the Oscar. And <laughs> lock up your canoes, kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, everything you got because yeah with all the uh, people wanting to get out and the lack of um new canoes to buy and supplies people are resorting to liberating them from people that already own so uh watch your boats folks and uh, take care of them uh you got you don't have anything else there no i'm yeah i've I've covered everything that I wanted to cover well already then Uh, If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, iHeartRadio, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Uh, Go to the episode page on Paddling Adventures Radio and listen to all our episodes. You can access our merch store from our uh, website as well. Uh, we got a ton of stuff on there and people are actually starting to, I've been getting notes. People have uh, have been buying or have been getting their stuff. Oh yeah. 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 Pretty quick. Not yet. Um, but uh, yeah, I've asked for a picture. So, um, we do have our listener blog page. If people are interested in uh, putting up a trip report or, or gear reviews of stuff and stuff like that, drop us a line, uh, through our Facebook page or our website and say, Hey, here, I got this idea. And, uh, yeah, uh, we can put up a blog of, uh, of something for you. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Roley.
1: And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.